Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 24 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Devin's Ghost, The Legend of the Bloody Boy, directed by Johnny Young Bosch and Koichi Sakamoto. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Fuck this movie, McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Who's this legend everybody keeps talking about? Who's Devin Anderson? Some kid we went to school with. His parents killed him across the street. After that, I always felt like someone was watching us. The bloody boy? The ghost you thought you saw in the woods when we were seven years old? You know what? I wasn't the only one scared in the woods that night. As a matter of fact, you peed your pants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to let no bloody boy get my girl. I would like the floor. I would like, I would like the floor. Oh, uh, I'm just going to get this out of my system preemptively. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this movie. This is dispensable, just drizzling shits. Uh, I hated every moment of this movie on a cellular level. If it had a face, I would punch it. This is the most miserable I've been since House of the Dead or Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this may actually be worse than House of the Dead. I hate this film. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Um, it ain't that bad. I mean, it's very bad. It is It is absolutely horrible, but it isn't. Oh. We can, we'll dig into it, but I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's House of the Dead level, but it's fucking bad. This was a request that we got. This was our first request besides Dark Forest that wasn't somebody's own film this was a request from somebody that really likes this film not in a not in a oh my god i love this film because it's good but i love it because it's bad kind of way this was nearly unbearable if the final 10 minutes weren't just an experiment in absurdity i probably wouldn't have made it through well hey man you got you got some fucking power rangers in this movie you've got power rangers in this movie you've got power rangers directing this movie you got power rangers writing this movie i'm wait i didn't know any of oh yeah i knew that i knew adam the second black ranger uh the frog was in this movie but i didn't know what did he write and direct as well he co-directed with the choreographer of the power rangers uh sakamoto and karen ashley fucking wrote this or co-wrote this with like five other people wait okay you had six people and you still couldn't get the job done nope and that's why all this shit is so goddamn heavy-handed in this film too the dialogue comes across just so fucking poorly it's it makes me want to just stick a fucking hot poker in my ears i don't know a goddamn thing about this plot i'm gonna attempt it what do you say go for it so basically this movie is about a young kid who grows up and he's a killer and he comes back to town essentially and starts killing people that's basically it i mean it's so hard to try to crunch it all of the shit that happens in this film and the way that it's explained is so fucking convoluted that it's near impossible to give a summary of what the fuck is going on except for that all of the information in this movie you're supposed to just know is not conveyed well at all, at any moment, and you are thrust into events of which you have little to no context and are just expected to keep up. Yeah, right. You know, the biggest problem with this movie is it actually, there is a plot. It just kind of just, it's paper thin, and 
you know, the killer's kind of just there. The killer looks like someone I would run into at Walmart. <laughs> Well, he's just a regular dude. You know, we've had two movies in a row now where it's just basically a regular dude. And, you know, I got to say, as bad as Dark Forest was, at least that villain was kind of psychotic and you almost could buy into it. Yeah. But this guy, like, I don't know what they were going for. Yeah, he looks like a fucking reject from a Jenko's commercial or some shit. Yeah, he looks like he should be selling me sporting equipment. Yeah, he looks like he's working at, like, Scream. Remember Scream? <laughs> in the 90s? Yeah. With his big fucking giant pants and his big giant baseball tee. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, and then everyone else in this movie is uh, just unbearable, useless, can't act their way out of a paper bag, are introduced seemingly only to disappear and then just be killed later on and you're supposed to give a shit. Yeah, and there's plenty of people here that are just cannon fodder. And the the reason his motive behind his killing is probably the fucking dumbest thing about the whole movie. And it doesn't even really apply to anything because he's just often motherfuckers for no reason. You got a motive from this movie? Because I didn't get a, a fucking thing. Well, they come right out and say it, like, later. So, Jesus Christ, I don't even remember how this... Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do remember how this movie opens. Thanks for dropping me into the middle of this uh, press conference for a principal? I guess we drop right in, and apparently there's this couple, and they reopen this high school that's been closed down for 10 years. Right, there's this whole bit with the principal, the former principal, I guess, of the elementary school is like oh yeah I used to be your principal and now the new principal my wife and then she goes up there and she's like ah I you know all the students are like watching this happen which I, I don't know where these students went to school before this but apparently this is the renovated elementary school that they turned into a high school first of all you couldn't pay high school students to sit and watch a principal give a speech to open a school well you know connor craig's got something to say about that you know he's a real upstanding citizen <laughs> he he just takes it upon himself to just yell up to this principal who's trying to like have a nice moment he's like oh yeah yeah you look old your hair's turning gray wow so she, she he cut deep well as we'll find out during this conversation greg is a big piece of shit for sure it feels like we were dropped in the middle of a different horror movie trope, but the first act is missing. And the last act. <laughs> and, yeah. It, wait a second. Isn't there, like, a prelude to all this shit where, like, we see... Yeah, the opening credits, you basically have this, like, real scratchy effect on the screen, like, almost like scratched aluminum. You know, it's, like, at a low opacity, and behind it is just this guy hunched over a workbench fucking pounding a, a saw blade into a goddamn uh, metal baseball bat. We also get, like, a glimpse... This movie's cut together like shit by the way, so just kind of bear with us here. Mm-hmm. There's also a scene in the beginning of this garbage where, you know, you get, like, a fucking, like, dollar store Scarlett Johansson, like, fucking doing coke in a bathroom. She, like, comes out, and she's, like, berating her kid, and this big fat guy with a beard is, like, her husband or something. They're like a, they're like a bunch of junkies or whatever, and then we just cut, you know, to something else, uh, kind of just to plant that seed, I guess. Uh, we see this scene, like, fucking nine times throughout the whole fucking movie. Yeah, we get this, like, ominous chord, and it fades in, and it's the principal, like, standing outside of the school, like, staring at this house. Because apparently the house that, that Devin lived in with these shithead parents is right across the street from the school. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said his name, because uh, this movie starts talking about Devin as if I'm supposed to have a ten-page dossier and who the fuck he is. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who anybody was, because no one really bothers to spend any time establishing anything everyone's just bam 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 on to the next thing and it's it's conveyed like shit oh we're fucking going 
It's worse than Dark Forest in that respect. You have basically like four main characters that they spend any time on. There's there's Greg, who's the guy I already talked about. He's the boyfriend of Symphony, which is uh, Karen Ashley. And she's kind of like the main character. Then there's Josh, which is uh, Johnny Umbosh. And his girlfriend's like, not girlfriend, like friend, uh, Genesis. Oh, God. Well, you see, it's ambiguous because it's illegal to date a minor, and I don't know how old this girl is. <laughs> oh, she's 30. Don't worry. That, bullshit. She's not. She's like the only high school student they hired for the movie. She's like 10 years old. These fucking names are so stupid, first of all. And like, oh, my God, this girl was insufferable, okay? She kind of talks like this all the time, and she's like, she has a very intentional, whiny voice, and every, every sentence is conveyed like this. Yeah, and she talks like she's, like, from the street, kind of. She's like, man, why are you tripping, man? Like, what? Well, the thing that gets me is that she's supposed to be Symphony's best friend, but she kind of treats her like a jerk-off the entire movie. She's nasty to everybody. She's a raging alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, no, she is. She kind of is. Oh, I forgot that plot point. It punches us right in the fucking face. We are also introduced to what I thought was going to be a pivotal character, and it's Mark Miller. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about this guy. Flashbacks to the guy from fucking Rump. (laughs) It's fucking Max 2.0. This guy has one line that drove me over the edge, and it's we're like not even past the first six minutes. He says something to the effect, someone's like, how do you sleep at night? And he goes, I sleep very rich, thank you. And I was like, stop the presses, stop the movie, stop the world. Because <laughs> I need to get off for a second, because listen, Mark... You work for Channel 3 in the middle of suburbia. You ain't rich. You fall asleep eating a thing of Stouffer's over your fucking cot, okay? (laughs) You fucking sack of shit. You smarmy motherfucker. If you were rich, you wouldn't have that dinky-ass van, you fucking nightcrawler piece of shit. (laughs) He looks like the guy that owns the comic shop in Big Bang. Kinda, yeah. He does have a Sheldon look to him, too. He has those big fucking uh, creepy eyeballs. Yeah, he's very, like, gaunt-looking, and he kind of talks like, he's like, come on, guys. Yeah. I just want to get a good story. Tell me all about your bullshit. Remember 10 years ago when I fucking exploited that child and his family? He's a fucking muckraker. They know his shenanigans. If you are some hotshot reporter, some, like, diamond in the rough, what in the flaming fuck are you doing filming a press conference for a local high school principal's inauguration? You don't mean anything. That's true. You've got a point. It's funny because they're because right after the speech they like cuts to like POV camera view of the of the fucking news feed. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. He's like, hi, I'm fucking whatever face Miller, and I just want to tell you about the school reopening. But remember ten years ago when there was a killing across the street? So do we. <laughs> Tonight at nine. We meet our four main characters. I think after this shenanigans of the press conference, like we're just thrust into a fucking classroom setting. Yeah, there's like this quick scene of them walking down the hall, you know, just being high schoolers, man. And then, yeah, they they cut to the classroom where Symphony just fucking decides to take a nap. Yeah. Symphony falls asleep and has... <laughs> A goddamn freak out. She has like a straight up fucking Nancy Thompson fucking breakdown in the middle of this. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. But within the context of the film, it's completely untriggered, unprovoked. Like, there's no reason for it. She just goes into math class, takes a nap, and is like, and just (laughs) loses her mind. She's so happy to be there five minutes before, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that she's haunted by this tragic event that happened. 
come to find out she didn't even fucking see anything. What is she talking about? Where's the trauma coming from? Yeah, exactly. Well, she, she's basically wigging out about this, and she she's like, oh, you know, she's having a nightmare, uh, Genesis says. But meanwhile, this woman's, like, screaming at the top of her lungs for, like, two minutes straight. She pushes her boyfriend down. He's all like, oh, my manhood's hurt. He's like, I can't believe my girlfriend threw me on the ground like that. Yeah. She doesn't push him down. She fucking throws his ass directly across this classroom. She fucking karate's him across the room because he goes flying. He got hit like he was fucking Tekken, okay? Well, she is a karate expert. This woman is hyperventilating with the the worst overacting that I've seen in a while. I laughed out loud when she's just like... <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Well, the thing that cracked me up about that scene was that, you know, she pushes her boyfriend across the floor and she's like having this panic attack. And the second Josh puts his hand on her shoulder and is like, hey, why don't you calm down? She's like, oh my God, I snapped out of it. Oh, yeah, I'm all better all of a sudden. Uh, I have a theory they were having an affair. Uh, probably. It's it's that unspoken thing, you know? And then some like some like bitchy other cheerleader girl is like, oh, she's crazy. Somebody get her out of here. And then fucking Drunkard is like, Why don't you get out of here? I'm gonna beat your ass or whatever. <laughs> She's scrappy-doo? Well, you know, I actually took some notes at some point and wrote then that the Scooby Squad arrives at the location. <laughs> <laughs> they do. This girl, or this woman, I should say, it, it sounds like all of her lines were dubbed over by a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Or she was pitch shifted by an idiot. Yeah. What? Like what? Yeah. The audio is kind of all over the place in this movie. There's that one point towards the end. There's just a scene where people are talking, and there's just a shit ton of background noise. <laughs> oh yeah. You can't hear a fucking word. Also, there's times in this movie where the audio is just like the quality control is nowhere to be found, and someone will scream, and that it peaks and distorts. Yeah. The same thing with the cinematography, because it's like okay, that scene was shot pretty well. And then we cut, and it's just, like, garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's so all over the place. Like, it, it feels like six or seven people, like, shot this. Well, then, you know, Symphony, she goes to the principal's office, and I guess they, they both talk about what had happened ten years ago. And you come to find out that, I guess, you know, I think we, we mentioned it earlier, but Devin disappeared, and everyone just assumes the parents killed him. And for for whatever reason, the principal has the fucking news report from 10 years ago queued up on the TV. What the fuck? Doesn't she turn it on? Right before that, she's like, ah... I, I know that you're having a lot of problems, Symphony. I, I know that it's it's bothering you all those years ago to murder and everything. Here, look at this. <laughs> and then she turns it on. And it, like, plays out and it cuts back. And Symphony's like... Oh, my God. And she's like, yeah, sorry you had to see that. And I'm like, you intentionally played it for her. What the fuck are you talking about? She turns out the principal's like, maybe that was a bad decision. I don't make... <laughs> I have a very poor sense of judgment. How'd that make you feel? Good? Okay, get the fuck out of my office. Good? Bad? I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've been here for a day. You've been here for a day. We don't really know what's going on. This is what principals do, right? Also, I want to just comment on the fucking video clip this principal puts on. It's the parents basically getting off of the court case from like 1995 yeah yeah so they go to go back in the house and the dad turns around he's just like get off my lawn (laughs) (laughs) easy easy mr benet ramsey okay (laughs) calm down oh fuck 
I fixed the I could have fixed the window anytime I wanted, but I didn't wanna. Sorry, Jean Jean Benet deep cut. This series there was weird Jean Benet Ramsey vibes from this whole little subplot handled with uh, the subtlety of I expect from these people, which is uh, not at all. Nope. So Symphony leaves the principal's office and she goes. She walks back down to the class. Class gets out, um, and the gaggle of kids or thirty somethings come out of the room. The emo music just starts playing at that point. Holy shit! The music in this movie is. Just upsetting. It's so bad. There's not a single good song in this film. Not only that it's just not good music, but it's just not the right music for any of these scenes. Right. And it's just shit. It's just garbage. And it's just like, oh, we need a song there. Put a song in. Okay, great. That's great. Oh, did we skip past when Genesis and Josh are uh, the worst note passers in the world? Uh, Yes, we did. Yeah, it's right before this. So back in the classroom, Genesis. Okay. Uh, Now... I've been to high school. I know how this works. When you give a note to somebody in class, you try to make it as small as possible, and you try to do it as, as sneakily as possible and, and stealthily. And what this girl does is takes out a Sharpie and writes in big fucking letters something about symphony, crumples it up, and then throws it at the back of Josh's head. And this teacher's like... <laughs> yeah. It's day one, and they already got this teach figured out. Yeah, and like, and then he bends down, picks the fucking note up, uncrumples it. Again, it's like the middle of test time, too. Like, this, the room is quiet. Yeah. All you hear is... And Josh basically, like, pantomiming and being like, oh, really, come on, like, you're really doing this right now? Yeah, and then so he rips out a piece of his own paper... And then also takes it a Sharpie and writes an even bigger font and just is like, I don't know, and just throws it back at Genesis. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck with the Sharpies? Are we taking tests with Sharpies? He folds it gingerly and then hands it back to her. Meanwhile, Craig's in the same class and he's like getting like steam the entire time watching this happen. I guess he read the paper. He's like, my girlfriend threw it across the room. The, the man is irate for no reason. So now they come out of the classroom and he's like, hey, what the fuck, man? What's the deal with Symphony? Like, what's what's all this business that she's all upset about and they're like i don't know man let her tell you and he's like no you gotta tell me you're my best friend or whatever you know what's going on yeah listen to me i'm kind of like a tan skeet ulrich or something yeah (laughs) and then he talks himself into being like you know what i'll just ask her myself yeah that's what you should have done in the first place you psycho and i'm like this fucking conversation is completely not like what why? So then, uh, so then Symphony comes up. No, he he says to her, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that happened. That you had a bad dream or whatever. And she's like, well, I'm sorry because I fucking karate kicked you across the room. And he's like, yeah, uh, I never thought somebody so small as you could fucking kick me around or body slam me, derp. Uh, I was surprised because you're like a girl. Yeah, because you're a weak. Uh, person. Craig just doesn't know when to shut up. Yeah, she's like, she's like, oh, well, I had karate lessons. And I'm like, oh, convenient karate lessons. Wait, wait, she said she had karate lessons? Yes. Oh, yeah, I wrote it down in my notes. Uh, that must have washed over me, like, low tide, because I, uh, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> and then later on, when this finally comes up, uh, I was standing up with my hands over my head going, what the shit is happening? <laughs> There's no excuse for for Johnny, though, for why he knows karate. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. He's a born natural, man. Yeah, he's just, he's pulled right out of a fucking kung fu flick, uh, right off the set of Power Rangers. Ironically enough. This is around the time that I'm just starting to uh, wish for death, because (laughs) I wrote down, I wrote down twice. I said, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) 
I'm having a tough time like recalling shit. I, it's all there. It's just in pieces. So so it kind of flash forward to this fucking football game. And they, they go out of their way to, like, show the principals cheering. Hold on one second. This is the first day of school. There's a fucking raging football game. There's fucking people in the seats. They're cheering. What are you talking about? Am I assumed the school year has been going on as normal in a different school? And they were like, hold on. Everyone moved to this building now. That's what I'm saying. And they just fucking Tom Arnold to the other school? <laughs> It's like Uncle Sam logic. It's like kids would probably be out of school by the point this movie's going on, but they need them to be there for the sake of the movie, so they're there. I guess. Why are we reopening the school and migrating all of these students there? Why? Yeah, is it a better facility? I can't imagine it is if it was still functioning 10 years ago and hasn't been used in 10 years. It could probably stand to be torn down and rebuilt. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like Friday the 13th. It's like they kept remaking uh, Camp Crystal Lake, kept re-fucking renovating the damn thing, and they kept wondering why Jason kept showing up. There's a sense of humor to it, because I'm imagining, like, a fucking a park owner just, like, with a ladder just painting over the Crystal Lake sign going, and that takes care of that, and then <laughs> climbs down. <laughs> the lake's still nice, and his cabins are cute. Come on down. It's 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 Camp Crystal Lake. It's yet. I'm no. It's not. Get out of here. <laughs> no, no. Camp Forest Green. That's what it's called. Just watch the bleach stains. That's from the blood. That's the only way we could get it out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish this movie was as entertaining as this. Uh, no, we're this dumb fucking football game, and then, I don't know, like, fucking Symphony and Genesis start having some kind of fight, and then Genesis just slaps her in the face. Oh, Jesus, even before that, you missed the fucking spitting contest. What are we doing? <laughs> there's, like, these three ass, there's, like, the you know, the main, the main dudes, and they're all, like, spitting over the railing at the cheerleaders? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. And the one guy spits, and, like, it blows back in fucking Johnny's face, and it's, like, real spit? It's fucking disgusting oh well meanwhile while these degenerates are fucking having a good time we cut to this like shady as hell attic or something yep and it kind of is a call back to the beginning and immediately i'm sitting there like well i guess this is Devin, right he's sitting there filing his buzzsaw blade like like a skill saw blade and he's and he's putting it into a bat or something why we don't know I don't know what this fucking guy's infatuation is with baseball or bats. doesn't really uh, make any sense. You know, now that you mention it, there is literally no reason for him to be baseball-themed. No, not not at all. What the fuck? Like, later in the movie, there are events that take place with a baseball bat? But did he need the fucking black smush, like, smush marks on his face? I don't know what the fuck they're called. I don't, I don't watch sports, everybody. That shit on his face and his fucking hat and jersey? Like, did you have to go the whole nine yards? Yeah, like the black streaks under his eyes and the fucking baseball baseball hat and the jersey and the fucking giant fucking pants you know what he should have looked like he should have put on a pair of fucking white glasses and a a red army fucking jumpsuit and he should have got the goddamn tables that's what he should have been doing (laughs) (laughs) you could have josh on the side come up to him slam him on the chest (laughs) devon Get the tables! If anyone thinks we weren't going to somehow squeeze that joke into this episode, uh, they're very mistaken. So, uh, here's... I would have... I think I would have enjoyed this more if, like, the first shot you see of Devon is just... 
it's all close-ups of him get like picking up his gear and his costume but it's all like mascot costume pieces and it pans out and he's just a giant like he has a giant baseball head and like a white striped fucking uh, baseball uniform oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he's like mr met on the rampage the philly fanatic he's just dressed like a catcher's mitt like he has no mobility god i would so watch a movie with the philly fanatic like killing people that'd be fucking hysterical <laughs> shoving peanuts down their throat or something i don't care if he dressed up like the noid i just not <laughs> noid you could tell we really want to talk about this. So Grandma comes in. Oh, God, this poor woman. I got a cake for you and a present. Oh, my God. This woman, this woman is completely just, we don't, you don't know her angle yet. Uh, I, uh, I, I forgot she was in the movie. Yeah, she comes in with a cake and she puts it on the thing and she's like, oh, she's like, Jason, my special boy, it's your birthday. <laughs> That's basically what it is. They went hard on the Friday references with this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, beat you over the head with it. So this woman's like, I got you a present. And she's walking up these dirty ass... This fucking house is disheveled. It's, like, falling apart. She goes up to this shithole attic. And apparently she's locked this man-child in... The attic. Yeah, they, yeah. They show her take the fucking keys off the hook. It's pretty disturbing. She she locks. She goes up to her, brings a cake, and goes, "Happy birthday, Devon. Can you get a job, please?" Yeah. <laughs> my my thing here is like, okay, so if this fucking dude is locked in the attic all the time, where is he getting a saw blade and a baseball bat? Well, that comes up when she, when she goes up there. He has this thing, and she's like, "Where'd you get that?" And of course, he doesn't say anything. Yeah, she exclaims that, and I'm think I'm like, "Yeah, lady, where the fuck did he get all this stuff? How is this possible?" I mean, maybe he teleported into the basement. I mean, apparently, he has that power. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about his uh, pseudo fucking ghost powers, even though he's a dude. He's just a regular dude, apparently. Because you know what, Devin's not a ghost, but he he might be or something. Well, she gives him a baseball jersey with his name on the back, and apparently that sets him off. Why, though? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Is it just because the fucking baseball bat was used in this this flashback that comes up later on? I don't know. And it's like, he, here's your killer costume. Happy birthday. Also, like, what kind of a, a piece of shit grandma are you? Walk up to a boy who had his parents beaten to death with a baseball bat and go, here, I got you a jersey. Like, later she implies that she's like, oh, I love them so much. And all the shit that they went through together. And she keeps them locked in a fucking attic. What? What kind of relationship is that? Yeah, it, it, it's very weird, which, you know, I guess that's kind of what they're going for. I do love when he puts this fucking jersey on. It's all slow-mo, like the crow. <laughs> the fucking cure is playing in the background. <laughs> Every night I burn. Every night I call your name. Hey, Grandma, I can't rain all the time. Thwack. And then we go back to the fucking football field, right? Right, and Craig still can't catch a fucking hint to save his life. Yeah, okay, that, they get into an argument again, and then that's when Genesis slaps Symphony. Yeah, she goes, you're making me delusional. And she fucking smacks her right across the face. I'm like, what? If this woman was my friend, I would tell her to lose my fucking number. Okay, hold on. Don't d Doesn't the slap happen because Devin's first kill is just this guy who works in the school, I guess? Well, no. For, first, there's this... I'm assuming it's the grandfather... He, he comes in uh, into the house, and he's, like, looking around. He's all confused, and then he gets, like, 86. Takes a little nibble of cake. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, looking at the cake. He's like, ah, this looks good. <laughs> Delicious. Hey, Gracie, you home or what? But then while this is happening, like, Symphony sees him 
in the distance at a football game? Or are you telling me that the football game is happening within visual like distance of this woman's house? Uh, apparently, the house is across the street, but is that the same house? Oh, yeah, 100%. That's like the reason why they keep referencing it. So, so she smacks her across the face and walks away well she smacks her across the face because she's like she's like i see Devin over there and then he fucking he poofs and disappears uh and everyone's like you're crazy and then she gets all worked up and then genesis gets worked up and genesis slaps symphony and then runs off and then symphony's just kind of like whoa what just happened he she looks over at greg and he's like hey and she's like eh. and then the fucking girl from before uh who was like oh you're crazy or whatever she walks up to him and she starts like macking to her uh to him and symphony's just like what the fuck well he's, he starts checking her out yeah but it, like it doesn't make any sense like why aren't they talking to like why isn't symphony and greg talking to each other oh yeah you know that ends up being like a bigger plot point you know again there's there's a paper thin plot but it is there his man baby feelings are hurt because she put his hands on him <laughs> You threw me around in front of the guys. Now what am I supposed to say? So while this is all going on, we cut to, I guess, the auditorium where two people that we've never been introduced to start making out. These fucking people, okay? This Every scene in this movie of a couple, like, messing around and, like, fooling around with each other, it's the same bits of dialogue. And they're all fucking yokels. So this cheerleader and this dude walk in and they're like, feeling up on each other, making out or whatever, slipping the tongue. And uh, the the door to the auditorium opens, and the cheerleader's like, wait, there's somebody in here. And he's like, I don't fucking hear anybody. He's like, hold on a second. He's like, hey, if you're, if you're in here and you're watching, watch me turn her out and make her scream. Uh, yeah, okay, pal. What are you talking about? And this chick's into it. She's like, yeah, fuck me right on the stage here while somebody's watching. Yeah, he's going to pat himself on the back while he does it. And then Devin comes in and he's like, he's like, hey, I'm scary baseball guy. And uh, cracks this dude in the fucking chest. Well, he doesn't only crack him. He does like a spinning fucking attack. He goes all like Link from Legend of Zelda on this guy. (laughs) I don't know what he did. He walks up and swings the bat. He hits him in some ambiguous place and then poof, blood. Well, he's got that razor blade on the end. Yeah, but you don't see see where he hits him, how he hits him. He swings. This guy's like, and then just there's just fucking blood everywhere and then he just spits blood into the cheerleader's face and she's like oh god and she falls down then Devin, like okay this asshole's like wearing a hat the guy that just got fucking whacked so he takes the baseball hat off and like puts it on like fucking uh friday three with the fucking mask oh my god i just got that yep oh i'm i'm so angry that i just got that yeah and then he like walks over and whenever he wears his hat by the way he's always got his head down i'm like how the fuck do you see anything when you're walking well was that like their solution to like hide his eyes for most of the shots i guess i must maintain a certain level of spook you want to know why because five different people play devin in this movie <laughs> no they don't yes they do it's I, I i read the credits it said stunt devin stunt doubles which is you know a quintet of fucking people not not just a double why don't you just hire one stunt man what the fuck uh, <laughs> i don't know how do you think kane hodder worked yeah exactly this guy doesn't need to act he just needs to be scary. I, I didn't look it up, but I wonder if just the budget was so small that they just had to get someone in the scene. I guess that could have been it, too. Who could fucking care? Uh, so he kills this chick off screen, just like most of everything in this movie. Oh, God. The fucking the off screen carnage that is both ambiguous and completely uninteresting is criminally high. Yep. We're bringing down the bat and then we're cutting to black. We're 
bringing down the bat behind a fucking wall so you can't see it. We're bringing the bat down and someone's squeezing a noodle to uh, maybe simulate the sound of flesh being rendered. I don't know. It certainly doesn't sound like it. I guess. <laughs> It sounds like someone punching a side of beef. Yeah. He kills the two in the auditorium, and then we just hard cut to fucking a parking lot, and Jimmy's like, or Josh rather, is in his car, and Genesis is like in the back seat and scares the shit out of him, and she's pissed drunk. And if you thought this woman's voice was bad when she was sober, oh my fucking goodness. I watch a lot of Game Grumps, and Aaron has this uh, this sketch he does. I can't remember the, 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 the girl's name of the impression he's doing, but it sounds just like this. And she's like, my name is Genesis, and I'm in the back seat. I sound like a baby. She, like, gets out of the car. He's like, what? Josh is like, what the fuck are you doing in the car? Get out of the car. He's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you, why are you getting drunk after you fight with your friend in the back of my fucking car? And she's like, why don't you want to fuck me, Josh? <laughs> and he's just like, because everybody else did. Oh! She's like, you call me a slut or whatever? Wow. He is the most dangerous man in this movie. Well, he's clearly very uncomfortable, too. Like, he doesn't even know what the fuck to do there with this happening. But he's also, like in love with her question mark like at the end of the movie sure <laughs> you could tell me they they all spin plates to beat Devin, and i probably believe you i don't care <laughs> i don't give a shit at this point she ends up calling him like a mo she's like what's wrong with you mofos and he's like mofo i'm a mofo get in the car and while he's distracted by this insult she like goes in for a kiss and it's like slow-mo and sloppy and disgusting for whatever reason oh god can we talk about the slow-mo in this movie for a second it's rampant okay let me tell you something. The funniest part of all this to me is that there's a slow-mo scene at the end of the movie that we'll talk about that is shot properly for slow-mo, and everything else is just regular speed slowed down, and it looks like fucking dog shit. Well, yeah, because with my brief experience video editing, it matters about the frames per second, not if you grab the speed tab and slow it down. Exactly. Because when you slow regular footage down that shot at, like, 24 frames, and then you just grab that little, like, up and down bar in your videoing studio and just drag it to, to make it slower. It just creates this choppy, grainy effect that looks terrible. The frames aren't there to slow it down is the problem, so you get all the, you get the motion blur, and it just, it just looks awful. It just looks bad. Uh, and we're doing it a lot in this movie for, like, the dumbest things, like this stupid kiss. Like, why, why did you slow that down? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Like, is it supposed to be an important moment? Because it never gets brought up again. I'll do you one better. Why this movie? That's my that's my Infinity War reference, everybody. Wink. <laughs> well, fucking, there you go. It's gone. <laughs> I wish I could snap and erase this movie. Yeah. So that, that whole exchange happens, and then he puts her in the car, and they leave. And they drive away. And the scene is holding on them driving away and like there's another car in the parking lot and I'm like what the fuck why haven't we cut yet then this other dude comes up and he walks to his car and he's like padding around in his pockets for his keys and then he like tries to open the door to the car and I'm like dude why why well they needed an excuse to introduce like the fifth supporting character of the film Jermaine I didn't even know his name all I know is that he's on a fucking toilet in a couple scenes <laughs> He's, like, fumbling for his keys or whatever, and he doesn't have his keys, and then he turns around and Devin's there, and he Devin, like, throws a bloody baseball at his feet, and he picks it up and drops it, and Devin, like, goes to, like, batter up, like, come on, throw me a fucking pitch or what have you, and the fucking guy just runs away, and it just cuts to the next day. 
Oh, okay. I think I just understood what was going on in the scene only because of what happens later, so I won't say it, but fuck me. I know, but, like, it, it's so out of place and just stupid. And we're and we're cutting like crazy just to random bullshit. And you have no visual indicators about where you're going and when you're going. There's no one, na- there's no a day later or no. ten years ago or on Saturday or at the school. We're literally in one room with one character, and then we cut and we're outside with that character. And it's like, what? Why? We go to the next morning, and you have more of Greg being a douchebag and unlikable, and I don't understand why Symphony would ever date this guy. Josh and uh, Greg are, like, walking up to the school, and Greg's just like, what the fuck is Symphony's problem, man? Why doesn't she just, like, stop with the bullshit or whatever? And he's like, how about you just let her feel the way she's feeling and just kind of, you know, be nice and supportive? And he's like, hey, man, fuck you. Why do you care so much? That's my girl you're talking about, man. You're supposed to be my friend. You're not supposed to love my girlfriend, sicko. Josh's like, look, I could kill you with my pinky, okay? Why don't you take a step backwards? Yeah. He's like, hi, Greg. I'm just being a decent human being and you're a piece of shit. Also, Greg, it's been like four days since she knocked you on your ass. Why don't you get over it? Yeah, seriously, he's got that chip on his shoulder, doesn't he? So they go in the school and they find the bodies, and it's all it's all sectioned off. And you get this character who we don't get the name of for almost an hour later into the film, but his name's Freedom. He's like the goth kid. I call him Bauhaus. Bauhaus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. He he's basically getting harangued, like getting blamed for what happened for some odd reason. There's no reason given to why he's got the finger pointed at him, other than he's a little strange. You theater kid. <laughs> Blaming on the art student. He's like a bloody boy enthusiast. He knows all the lore and all the stuff about it or whatever. Um, also, if somebody's dead in the school and there's like police tape and shit, nobody's, nobody's coming to school this day. School is canceled. It's closed. Here's how you fuck up a crime scene. By letting 400 people walk around it. Yep. Well, like, yeah, they don't get sent home or anything. Also, it's a building full of hormonal, shitty kids. Someone's gonna fuck with that. Why would you have school open that day? Yeah, you should have just fucking closed it for the day. And then what are, Then what are you doing? Like, oh, just mind the dead body, kids. Go to your classes. They're like, oh, we don't want to add an extra day at the end of the summer. You know, we just want to get out on time. Look, we use our one snow day, okay? We can't close. You know, everyone goes to class after that, except for Symphony. And Genesis, who just sit outside, kind of like meditating and hanging out, and then uh, Craig and Josh find them sitting out there, and they're they're staring at the fucking house at, at Devon's house. I, Devin. <laughs> well, I'm gonna only him Devon now because that visual is h- hilarious to me. Fucking just sticks his head outside the front door, and he's like, "Oh, my brother, testify!" And then just like closes the door, and the movie ends. Would have been a better movie. Just puts all Granny through the fucking table, like when they did that to Mae Young. The best version of this movie would have ended with the actual Dudley boys coming out and beating the shit out of Devin uh, for copyright infringement. And then, like, they just 3D him through a table, and they just throw him down a hill, and the movie just ends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he finds a potato sack guy from Uncle Sam, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> it ends with just this message is like, WB has come to terms and agreements with Devin the ghost, and we wish him the best in his future endeavors. <laughs> Um, uh, so they're all sitting on the fucking grass, and then Greg's finally just like, what's up with you guys, man? What happened all those years ago? What the fuck is wrong with this town? Why is this fucking school open? What's with the Devin bloody boy kid? And she's like, okay, I'll tell ya. This is what happened. A bunch of years ago, a kid was said to have been murdered by his parents. The end. Bye. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he's like, that's it? And she's like, well, my dad defended them in court, so it's my fault. Well, not only that, but he's also dead along with the parents. That's, you know. He sure is. So more or less what this is supposed to be, it's supposed to be kind of like the John Bonet Ramsey thing, merged with the Friday the 13th Jason origin story. With a little bit of nightmare dashed in there. But it's stupid. And that's the that's that's the classiest word I can describe it with. It, we're going to talk about it later when it's expanded upon, but like her rationale is so fucking stupid. I can see you being upset about your father's death, but he just went missing. You know what I mean? So for all she knows, you know, he could have ran off. You know what I mean? Could have just like abandoned his family. Could have fucking moved to Hawaii and started a new life. Right. So I don't get her whole infatuation with, you know, the bloody boy or whatever. It's just stupid. And why Why is she having all, why is she struggling with this mentally and like seeing Devin and all this shit? And I'm like, you don't even know what the fuck he looks like. You saw him one time when you were fucking seven. Okay? One time. Yeah, there's no earthly way you'd recognize someone as an adult if you've only met them once as a child. No. It's just fucking dumb. Uh, Then we get to this fucking scene where the coach is like, oh, we're going to have a barbecue for the football team. So the football team comes in, and he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, guys. The the, the barbecue's canceled because of all the shit that happened at school. And I'm like, okay. So you cancel the barbecue, but school's fine. Yeah, school's open, but you cancel the extracurricular activities that don't even take place inside the school. So then, for whatever reason, Greg, Josh, and um, Jermaine, these three motherfuckers walk in this small-ass bathroom together. Jermaine's over there on the can without the fucking stall door. There's no door on the snarl. And he just drops trow and fucking sits right on that shitter. And he's like leaning over so you can like see him outside of the stall with his fucking pants down while Josh is taking a piss. At one point he's got his hands up against like the ceramic tiles on the wall. Like he's fucking struggling over there. Like he's tired from bending over like trying to talk to everybody. No, maybe he's just been through this a thousand times and knows he has to brace for whatever's going to come out of him. (laughs) So he's just casually rattling on. The plot of the movie comes out of his ass. It's either that or he's beating White Castle and Checkers all fucking day. He's like, I know we're talking, but hang on, let me get in position because this is about to be a monster. You guys mind if I deuce while we talk? Just fucking just braces for impact. You're like, oh, Jermaine, what'd you have for breakfast this day? Uh, uh, just, you know, smell it, you know, that's usually how we do this. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Tacos. Okay, yeah. I had squirrels wrapped in bacon. What is this fucking Uncle Eddie? <laughs> You serious, Clark? So Greg's at the washing his hands or whatever, and he's like, "That's ah, all right. There's no barbecue, so I'm gonna have the barbecue at my house because my folks are away or something." Does he take all the hot dogs and hamburgers from the school and just like steal them and bring them to his house? Oh yeah, those coolers that they brought in—that's coming home. Fuck you. <laughs> the coach is like, "Shit, that was part of the school budget." Uh. Well, coach just fucking leaves. He's like, "Ah, sorry guys, no barbecue. Gotta go," and he just fucking leaves. He's like, I'm going to be at the bar if you need me. Yeah, see ya. And then uh, Bauhaus comes up and opens the bathroom door. Dude is still taking a shit, and everybody's just talking with his bathroom door wide open about the killing that happened at the school, and Greg's like, I'm going to blame it on you, man. And he's like, oh, that's real funny, just because just cause I know a lot about it or whatever. That's a heavy accusation or something. And then that's the end of that conversation. And then he's like, I got to take a piss and then goes across into the women's bathroom and there's like a woman like at the sink and he just like blows past her. It's just all very dumb. <laughs> it's just a stupid fucking scene. Meanwhile, in the background, like you can kind of actually see Jermaine like wiping his ass, like reaching for the toilet paper. Yeah, this fucking guy's just shitting while this is all. He's like, this is my routine every day. He's like, hang on, this toilet paper isn't sturdy enough. Can you hand me that paper towel roll over there, please? This is what I think about the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he acted in it. Then we get this scene where the fucking principal is like walking down the hallway and this is one of her many scenes where she just randomly starts crying you know her husband comes up he's like oh what's wrong and she's like oh you know there was a time where a little boy i could have helped and i i chose not to and now you know he's dead and now my students are dead and ah (laughs) oh god it's that too that's right what is she jimmy neutron's teacher what Jimmy! Jimmy! Oh, no! Murders! Open the school! Oh, my God. Imagine that movie. Holy shit. Would that be something else? Jimmy Neutron and the creep next door. You got Carl in the backyard buried in the sandbox. He's got to, like, stake through his fucking eyeball. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, there's something in my face. It wasn't a llama. It was... <laughs> my face hurts. Not really here and not really here, but right here. Points to the piece of wood in his eye. <laughs> fucking little German kids in the background going, slip, slip, slip. Clip, 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 clip. There's this scene with Miller uh, randomly just starts walking up to this fucking police captain. Oh, my God. This fucking scene, man. This police captain's, like, getting in his car to get ready for work, and Miller's like, hey, you know, how you doing? He's like, I heard from uh, a student that uh, there's been a few more murders. He's like, ah, you know, I don't talk to you, man. He's like, he's like, you're a scum. Get away from me. He's like, I heard it from a, uh, a student named Jermaine. He's like, where the hell did you hear that from? That's classified information, Miller. Get out of here. Yeah. Jermaine told me. <laughs> <laughs> what a dynamite scoop this is. I'm going to go tell somebody. Well, all Miller had to do was stand outside the fucking bathroom. The guy's probably in there so long he starts talking to himself. He's going delirious. I like to imagine that Miller is like this guy who his his investigative technique is to like get bits of information and get really excited about it and then just go tell people about it. He's like Scoop, but he's a pedophile. He's always hanging around this fucking school. He's like, hey, little kids, yeah, tell me about that bloody boy thing. When, did you murder somebody? What happened? Tell me about it. Oh, my God. Here, get in my van. Uh, which they do. Oh, my God, he totally has a van. <laughs> and they totally get in it later. You're like, where's the candy you promised us? Right here, little Jimmy. Symphony's like, you do realize I'm 30, right? <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, it's okay, I'm only 41. <laughs> So then, yeah, we go to this party after this. Oh, God. A party where the entire school apparently has fitted into this fucking house. Not even in the house, just in this one fucking room in the house. And they're all dancing to awful music, and it's just this, like, this this montage is so bad of bad people dancing, slow-mo shit. A a strobe light, hot dogs, what a fucking good time. Sounds like white people cutting loose. Yeah, sure does. Symphony and and, uh, Genesis, god damn, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even even mind symphony so much but genesis it's like fuck come on man dude there's a third name fucking freedom okay everybody in this movie has stupid ass names give me a bro who the fuck fucking stupid writers anyway uh symphony and genesis come in and um this is where like genesis just like turns face she's like i'm sick and tired of your bullshit about devon so fuck you i'm going to drink and symphony's like hey could you not get wasted and she's like what are you my mother now or something well yes because you're 10 years old i am your mom (laughs) she's like that friend you hung out with in high school that you just like kind of put up with the shit and then like when you got out of high school and you and you just got a little bit smarter you're like what the fuck was i doing all these years hanging out with this loser exactly and symphony's like you know i just don't want you to get wasted because i you know i want to hang out with you and whatever and she's like you're surrounded by a bunch of people you know you'll be fine where's the vodka Ugh. yeah and she fills this glass to the fucking brim she picks up a cup uh, i guess there's like pre-poured drinks and she like takes a sip and then she just takes the bottle and fucking dumps half of it in the cup yeah that's a smart idea picked up a pre-poured drink at a fucking high school party that too probably put there by mark miller <laughs> i keep wanting to call him mark millar which is the is a comic book writer it's totally not the same guy he's like the steve buscemi meme <laughs> 
but he's like in the party. He's got like Groucho Marx glasses on and a backwards hat. He's like, huh, no, I, I'm not Mark Miller. I'm Milk Mark Millar. Uh, totally different person. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tiny Mark. Coming in my van real quick. I want to. I want to get the scoop. If you know what I'm saying. Then it's just like a stupid montage of like symphony dancing with Greg and it's just really shitty. That scene cracked me up because they've been arguing nonstop since this movie started. And then he's like, come on, baby. He's like, come on, let's dance. And she's like, all right. She just starts grinding up on him. Yeah. And then we just cut to the woods and there's like this 40 year old couple. <laughs> And they're like chasing each. This dude's like chasing this woman up a tree. She's like, "Come and get me" or whatever. I don't think they're supposed to be forty because Josh definitely names both of them. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. They're fucking forty, both of them. And isn't what isn't one of them named Mercy? Like the the stupid names continue. Oh God, I think you're right. Well, no, the girl was Denise. I mean, if that guy's name's Mercy, then I'm gonna have to Lord have mercy on my soul. <laughs> They're fucking around, and they're like, she's like, come over to the tree, touch my ass or whatever. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck you so good. He's like, he's like, I'm going to tap that ass. And she's like, don't wait, stay right here. I'm going to go over here real quick. And she, like, walks away 20 feet and starts, like, undressing, and it's, like, the most uncomfortable thing. It's like somebody who's never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like on par, like taming the T-Rex with uh, Denise Richards at the end. Denise was better. Um, this woman is, like, obviously super uncomfortable, and it's just, it it's it's very uncomfortable to watch, and it's just kind of like, this is gross. And this guy's like, yeah, let me see that ass. I can't wait to tap it. I'm going to tap that ass, he keeps saying. Also, like, here, really? Like, in the middle of this fucking, just this woods? They were about to fuck on a tree, for Christ's sake. They don't give a shit. That area that they're like, hey, now with this tree, definitely reminded me of, like, all the outside shots of fucking Dungeons and Dragons, all the forest shots. It looked exactly like the same set. I'm gonna take off my boob armor now. Here it goes. <laughs> if somebody fought Devin with a, a pink breast armor, I think I'd have lost my mind. So she's taken off her clothes or whatever, and then Devin comes and cuts this guy's fucking arm off and, like, blood sprays on this woman. Okay, nope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip this scene apart limb for limb. Every kill in this movie is shot like absolute garbage, but none of them are as bad as this one. He walks up and again ambiguously swings his bat, this dude, kind of in the lower torso, I guess. And he's like holding him from behind and he's supposed to be taking this like fucking buzzsaw or some shit and like sawing into this guy but it's the most awkward looking thing I've ever seen it doesn't make any sense what he's doing there's no conceivable way he could have cut off this dude's arm from the angle he was standing at ever in any reality thanks John Hurt well what happened was I came back and I gave him a a futuristic bat that's who gave him all of those toys up in his attic I was off screen sawing off his hand (laughs) Devin what a good boy get in the car yeah, then the Dudley boys grab John Hurt and give him a 3D through a fucking table. They're trying to end the madness. That's been a long time coming. They fall out of a fucking black hole in the sky, <laughs> land right on top of him. <laughs> yeah, and then Raul Julia fucking climbs from out from under the ring, and he just, like, stares him down. <laughs> I would love to see the WWF multiverse. Gives him the chair. Okay. I mean, Jody is clearly in the brood. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he, he impossibly kills this dude, and then we're once again... We- it's not even a full on-screen death. It just cuts away before that bat even starts swinging, and it's, boom, she's dead. It's <laughs> it's still not the worst off-screen death in this movie. Well, before this all happens, there's a scene where Symphony gets upset because Genesis is drunk and, like, causing a scene, and she goes upstairs. 
So then Josh is kind of left. Also, Greg goes upstairs after her. And then Josh is left with Genesis, who's wasted. And there's a shot of like four guys dancing up on her. And Josh just looks at it and is just like, I probably should help my friend out of this like shitty situation, but I'm just going to go sit on the porch. But it's also like he's pissed off because he's like, I'm in love with that girl, I think. As a Power Ranger, he should do the right thing and get her away from those creepos. Yeah, right? What happened to all those fucking pep talks and shit? What happened to your sense of justice, Adam? Uh, he only has one thirst. Just because you used to be a Power Ranger doesn't mean you're not one. <laughs> Which he'll confirm shortly. So yeah, he hears like the screaming or something and he like runs out there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's like looking around, he like trips over the fucking body and the arm and he picks up the arm and he like throws it and he's like, oh, oh, mercy or whatever. She's dead. And then Devin steps out from behind the fucking tree. Josh takes out his fucking power morpher and he's just like, it's morphin' time! Because then he, the fucking karate just starts fucking flying all over the place. Apparently, like, not only is Josh well-versed in karate, but so is Devin. Because these fight scenes are, like, over-choreographed for this film. It's jarring. Watch any episode of the Power Rangers, and that's what this fight scene is. And all of the other fight scenes in the movie, it just doesn't make any fucking sense slapped in the middle of this film. And it's shot exactly like an episode of Power Rangers, like the American part of it. It is shot like a not-too-special martial arts film. Yeah. And actually, here's the one good thing I will give this movie, is that in a vacuum with no context... These are actually really impressive. Absolutely, the, the scene later when we talk about it is was very cool. I uh, see. I'm 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 holding all my comments on Johnny Young Bosch because of what's coming later. Because I was legitimately floored. Yeah, there's definitely enough going on in this movie that I would send to someone to just pique their interest. But if they showed any interest in watching the rest of the film, I'd be like, uh, please, uh, you know, save yourself the trouble. Don't. Yeah. Watch these three scenes that run about two minutes apiece, and you're good. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so disappointed because I'm like, I want this movie where, like, Johnny Bosch is like a fucking, just like a karate dude. Like a karate slasher slayer? Yeah, not even like a slasher movie, just like a crime movie or something, and he goes around kicking people's asses, like, crime boss, like, kills his sister or something, and he, like, goes after the whole fucking organization. Like, that would have been cool. The crime boss kills uh, Kimberly. Yeah. <laughs> Something really straightforward, but very intense, like the raid. Yeah, I would go for that. For some reason, Tommy just shows up because that guy's in everything that, that's related to Power Rangers. Oh, God. Yeah, but I like him, so. <laughs> Apparently, he's okay. I've never had a problem with Jason David Frank, and he was uh, he was the one saying that CM Punk was totally going to get wrecked. And he did. Yep. And, well, so were the rest of us. <sighs> After this fight. This fight is long, too. It's, it's long. How does Josh get away from Devin? Does he just kick his ass and start, like, booking it? No, Josh, Josh and Devin are fighting, and then, like Devin like kicks him in the stomach or something and knocks him on the ground and then Devin hears like laughing from the party or something and just leaves and he says something to him I want to play and then he leaves and then Josh is just like what the fuck and Josh is like okay time to move <laughs> so this is the first of these fucking weird superpowers he may or may not have the ambiguous fucking uh, uh materializing we cut to Symphony and Greg making out in his room. Greg basically goes in there to comfort Symphony because she's upset about everything that's been going on. And he is trying so hard to get laid. He says whatever he can to make her happy. Also, at some point, Jermaine just walks into the room with a chick, and that, that's kind of awkward. Well, it's the chick that tried to fuck Greg earlier. Oh my god, yeah, it was, you're right. <laughs> 
So Symphony and Greg are making out on the bed, and then these blinds are clearly closed in this dark room, and then it cuts to a shot of a window with the blinds open, and it's clearly daytime when it's nighttime, and Devin's, like, outside the window, and then he dematerializes, and then Josh runs up to the same spot where the guy was just in and then runs into the house. I have to stress the effects in this movie are like the level of Destination America's The Haunting. They're that fucking bad, man. Uh, it is just pure shit, and it doesn't make any sense. Josh runs upstairs, kicks the fucking door open. He's like, oh my god, Devin's back or whatever. You gotta get out of here. And somebody starts trying to get into the, the room, and then Greg and Josh like hold the door And they're, like, forcibly trying to open this fucking door. So, like, who else would it be except Devin, right? I I have a question. How does anybody know that this is Devin? If they've never seen this grown-ass man once before in their life? Well... We kind of glossed over it. There is another thing that, you know, the whole time Symphony's having these nightmares because she saw, uh, you know, Devin covered in blood as a child. You know, apparently also Genesis was there, and then you find out later that Josh was also there. (laughs) What? Everybody was there? Then he ran off into the woods, and then they never saw him again. Is that true? Are you making this up? I'm not making this up! Because I don't remember that. Yeah, they're all little kids. Because when, uh, when Genesis sees Devin finally, it has like a quick flashback to the little girl standing next to like little girl Symphony, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's Genesis. And then when Josh is like confronted by him, he has a flashback to like little Josh running up to Genesis, like looking at him. Um, I guess they didn't have it in the budget to have all the kids together in the same time. So they're holding this door, and Josh and Greg are like, get out of here, Symphony, get out of here. So she falls out the window. She opens it up and falls right on her ass outside. And let me tell you something, your tailbone's broken, okay? That's fucking two or three stories we're talking. As long as we keep referencing Friday, is it better or worse than when What's-Her-Face just, like, eats shit out the window in Friday 4? Oh, it's worse. (laughs) It's just, like, her half-climbing out the window, and then it hard cuts to her falling on her ass on the grass. Oh, my God. It looks like shit. Well, I was waiting that entire scene for the next part to happen because I was like, there's no way this guy didn't immediately break through this room if if it actually was him. Right. They're trying to forcibly open this door. There's urgency in this, right? The door finally swings open and it's fucking Bauhaus and like he's just there. And he's just like, "Hey, is everybody all right or whatever?" And I'm like, "What are you doing here and why are you ta- what what are you talking about?" The funny thing is when he comes into the party at first, everyone's like, oh, man, what the fuck's he doing here? Who gave him an invitation? And he just, like, kind of sits on a couch and just minding his own business, and they have this, like, stupid-ass scene where they're, like, a girl sits next to him, and she, like, looks at him and is like, ugh, and gets up, and then another girl sits next to him and is looking all happy, and then she looks at him and is like, ugh, and he's just like, what the fuck? Wow, this dude doesn't deserve any of this. No, they treat him like shit because he's got eyeliner on. It's fucked up. Yeah, (laughs) he's just there to be like, I know some stuff about Devin, Kinda. He's like, hello, I'm your exposition. We could have made Mark Miller give all this information, but we didn't didn't want to give away that he was a pedophile. We just wanted to imply it. (laughs) He's at the fucking party with his camera and microphone like, hey, kids. How you doing? Well, that's what I was saying. He's, you know, Groucho Marx glasses. He's in the corner. He's got the fucking, he probably has the camera under like a pillow. Yeah, he's got mirrors on his shoes and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, like, he's walking around with his fucking microphone and camera, and he's like, hey, ladies, I'm rich. And everybody's like, ew, Mark, get out of here. What are you doing here? I'm rich, and I drive a rundown van. You want a bite of this popcorn? 
Why is it down by your crotch? No, it's all right. Just take a bite. Oh, wait. Go ahead. Oh, don't walk away. Oh. It's extra salty. <laughs> he takes his hands off and it's just it's just sitting there floating in air. It's like, that's your penis. It's it's literally sticking through the popcorn. He's like, eh, you know, I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. You like hot dogs with your popcorn or what? You didn't put popcorn in the cup to sister dick, man. <laughs> yeah, there's no popcorn. It's just his dick. <laughs> but it, and it's also extra salty. We're not sure why. <laughs> Yeah, he's sitting there, he's like, yeah, I put the salt and the butter in there, but forgot to put the popcorn in there. <laughs> I need a doctor. It's a barbecue, so he's walking around with just like a hot dog bun on his dick, like, he's <laughs> just like... Anyone want a bite? Hey, <laughs> hey, ladies, you want to take a bite? In hindsight, this is a very poor decision. Just real quick, like, then there's like a dude who like, there's he like grabs his punch bowl full of like dark liquid and he's like oh yeah everybody ready for this and he like puts it on the table and then like pours out a fucking gallon of vodka into it and they just hold on this while he pours the whole thing out and i'm just like why is this scene even here like this guy making jungle juice he's feeding it to genesis he's gotta get her all warmed up but man she is fucking hot and ready to go first of all you're assuming that she's not over in the corner like upside down like clutching the uh the fucking keg just like siphoning it that too that's true she probably was they did you know they couldn't show a minor actually drinking in this movie you know because it's the only actor in this movie that actually looks the age uh regardless she's still in the corner like wrapped around like a spider just like ew (laughs) real quick uh we forgot the scene with grandma in the hospital oh god this fucking woman this just affirms that she's alive and not dead she's got like a bruise on her mouth i guess she got fucking oops upside right in the fucking mouth here's the problem uh it didn't affirm that she was alive or dead it reminded me that her character existed in the first place. <laughs> because I had completely forgotten about her. I had no idea what she was doing. I'm like, why is this old woman in here? Why is she beaten up? I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I, I just assumed she was dead because there's a scene of him dragging, like, the grandpa in the yard. So I just was like, ah, I guess he killed them both. Yeah. So then this is another one of those scenes where the audio is so fucking piss poor. Like, I had to strain to, li- I had to turn the fucking television up so I can fucking hear it. And grandma's basically just like, How'd I get here? Where am I? And the nurse is like, you're in the hospital. Somebody beat the piss out of you. We don't know who the fuck you are, but, you know, hopefully you'll be okay. Maybe. I guess. Bye. And and then they drop her name for the audience. They're like, what's your name? She's like, I'm Connie Singleton. It cut away from that, just give you just enough information so that when it comes up again later, the people at home can be like, oh, that's who they're talking about. It does like the soap opera, like, transition, like, bram, bram, Weirdly enough, the Giver sound effect comes in. The Street Fighter 2 music just goes off. You're not really sure what's happening, but it's it's there. Well, speaking of that, hard cut to Symphony, like, outside after she, like, broke her ass. And Devin just comes around the corner of the house, and she's like, Oh, my God, you're alive. It's true. Ah. So Symphony runs away into the woods, and then there's, like, a truck or something, and uh, Devin chases her in there, and he like, and she, like, jumps in the truck, and... Uh, oh, no, wait a second. Don't they have, like, a fucking knockdown drag out? You are skimming over the duel that these two have that is, that is filmed just like an episode of the Power Rangers. But here's the thing. This exclusively reminded of when they fight the putties. Oh, yeah, every time. Yeah, and again, it's motherfucking, it's morphin' time. Because she is just beating the piss out of this guy because she knows karate, apparently. I miss the I know karate line. So when she drops into her little fucking fighter's pose, I laughed my ass off because 
this movie took a, this movie took such an absurd turn, and it's such a hard right turn that I didn't even find it funny. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's, just, it's just stupid. Devon, he just stops and he waits for her to get into her pose. He's like, "Okay, Goku, get your shit ready. I'm coming at you." <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me take off my weighted gear. <laughs> I wasn't ready, butthead. <laughs> Greg's in the corner like, good form. Yeah. Rule number one, always pay attention. So, she, yeah, she's got her hand up in the, def- you know, ready to beat this guy's ass, and, and then she just starts kicking him in the face. Yeah, this, she goes she goes full full power injury on him, uh, tossing, quite frankly, the two people in this movie who, who possess these abilities just should have handed Devin his ass on a silver platter several times. They kind of do, sort of. It turns out that Devin is uh, also, uh, uh, how do I phrase this? Uh, he also knows the ways of the warrior uh, and goes into his own pose. <laughs> he, uh, he knows karate, too. What the fuck? What the fuck, man? Stupid. <laughs> Who said this was a good idea? Like, where did he learn that? Was Grandma up there with the fucking Aikido uh, headband on? Like, all right, Devin. Like, hey, Arnold? Yeah. This fight goes on for a minute, and then, like, it ends with Devin doing the horror movie thing where, or not Devin, Symphony, finds this car and locks herself in it. And and then she does the thing that we joked about with Mosquito. She reaches for the fucking visor and the keys fall out. Oh, they, I told you, they're there, man. They're always there. And then Devin's walking around this car going, oh, she locked the doors. I have no way in. Holding a fucking baseball bat. I was just gonna say that. You have a fucking baseball bat, sir. Why aren't you breaking, why aren't you busting these fucking windows? Breaking every window, and you have a, like... You're not just going to break the windows the way in. You're going to throw glass at this person to the point where they're going to be so disoriented and so frightened. It's the same deal that they had with Rawhead Rex, I guess. Can't fuck up the car. If you left it open, maybe, but uh, and I can't do shit now. Somebody in the Rawhead Rex universe is like, what happened? He go through the windshield? Well, no, he tried to. Um, the the windshield, <laughs> the windshield stopped him. <laughs> the windshield opened and he flew out and then like set itself back. She uh, she takes the keys and this motherfucker says, he's so stupid. He just stands right in front of the car staring at her and she just like goes, okay, I'm going to run run your ass over and she does and then immediately regrets it and then she like jumps out of the car and whoops he's gone where'd he go yeah yeah teleported to the fucking school yeah you sure did dr loomis comes over and he's like i shot him six (laughs) times i'm sorry i somehow got lost and he just turns around and leaves he's pure evil does anybody understand why craig and jenison go to this fucking school in the middle of the night like why did they think that symphony's gonna be there like i did i miss something they're okay they're, they're even like them the characters in the scene are trying to justify why they're even there and they're just like oh well, we came to the school and she they walk in and she goes well guess she's not here let's go and i'm like why did you think she was at the school she's only 20 feet from the fucking house you guys were just at not to mention you literally climb through a window Walk in a hallway, look around for four seconds and go, huh, I guess she's not here. We're only in a gigantic fucking high school, but she ain't here. Yeah, it's dark in here. I'm scared. There's a killer or whatever. Well, in this building that's probably got maybe a hundred rooms in it, she's definitely not here. We've looked left and we've looked right. And then they turn around. They they hear the pitter-patter of Rick Moranis running away from fucking Tom Arnold. <laughs> one of them just careens into one of the lockers. Is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I like the idea that just these, like, tears in time and space keep opening up in these movies, and other movies just kind of interrupt them for a few seconds. That's what happens, man. MD timeline. Quick camera cut over to John Hurt, and he's like, yes, it was me. No, he's he's still knocked out, like, in the table. He's, like, in the rubble, like, looking up. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, laying on the ground with the head poking up. Ah, yes, I see my work is continuing. Fucking Devon comes over and just goes, does, the like, the testify motion and just fucking kicks him in the face. <laughs> 
You got Bubba Ray on the top rope doing the what's up while John Hurt's trying to call the plot. <laughs> but then Devon's head lands right into his nuts and he just falls, he passes out again. I love the idea that the Dudley boys are like out to get John Hurt and Raul Julia. <laughs> Like, to stop his crimes against time and space. Well, you know, Raul Julia comes out of the ring, and they just stare at him. Nothing really happens. Like, the lights turn off, and they turn back on, and, you know, he's on the other side of the ring. It's never really explained. (laughs) Honestly, though, like, Raul Julia is probably the only man who could look the Undertaker in the eyes and make him wet himself. Yeah. Probably. Raul Julia just stands there, and a fucking hand climbs on his shoulder, so he's pretty creepy. (laughs) So, uh, Genesis and Greg are in the hallway, and... Devin is just looming by a locker. He's, like, behind it. He's just waiting over there, like, <laughs> can you see me, guys? Can you see me? He's not hidden to the point where if somebody, if somebody walked by him, they go, hey, Devin. he go, hey, what's up? Oh, shit, you can see me? He's sitting there. He's like, I have mastered the art. I'm standing so very still that every one of my movements are imperceptible. So they, they scream and they run away, and then Devin chases them around. Um, and then they come to, like, an elevator, and they get in the elevator, and they go to close it. And Devin sticks his bat in there, and then they're, like, wrestling around in this thing, and he's beating the shit out of fucking Greg. Is he, though? Because I don't remember this happening. Or at least I couldn't make it out through all the very bad camera shots. They're in the elevator, and... Because apparently this school has a fucking elevator. Devin's just, like, slowly walking... He's walking in slow motion towards the elevator as the door's shut, and, like, right before it shuts, he gets the bat, like, right in the crack. And, and and Genesis just breaks down. She's already in the corner crying, like, the second this happens. And Craig's just like, uh, I'm going to get you. And, and all of a sudden, Greg knows fucking uh, martial arts because he starts just decking freaking uh, De- Devin in the face. <laughs> Genesis in the corner going like, I'm not sober enough for this. She just sits down and just gives up. Well, Genesis crawls out, and then the door shuts, and she's kind of just sitting there waiting to see what happens. And the elevator doors open. And Craig is, like, laying down, like, clearly, like, about to be bodied. And then she screams, and I guess that's enough for Devin to be like, oh, actually, I'll come back to you, and he runs for her. And that's when the, the, the rest of the Scooby Squad show up at the school. Yeah, the fucking butt rock kicks in, and she, like, runs through this door, and then, like, slams the fucking door to, like, get away from it. Well, like, and then they get to this door, they're trying to, like, the, the door's chained shut. Yeah, because at some point before this, you know, the timeline's a little screwy, but Josh and and Symphony and, and Freedom uh, all meet up, and they're going to the school to track down Craig and uh, Genesis, and, yeah, like Connor and Joe are saying, there's this, they're trying to get in the school, but all the doors are locked, so then Freedom, apparently, I don't know, he's got a bobby pin or a lock-picking set or some bullshit, and he's sitting there fucking fiddling with it. He pulls it out of his fucking ring or some shit, and I'm like, what? what is happening? And then fucking uh, Josh is like, come on, man, pick the lock! faster i'm like you're not picking that fucking master lock you're just not doing it <laughs> uh and while this is all going on uh devon is shown taking some steps and then hard cut and then squelch 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 and then a scream and i'm left to assume that somebody is dead but i don't know because i don't show you who it is nope first greg is like at the window where symphony is trying to break in and he just gets hit from behind and the blood just splatters all over and she's screaming her fucking head off and then uh Josh and all of them somehow get in. I don't remember how. And they turn a quarter, and Genesis is just on the ground bleeding like she got bit by fucking Dracula or something. <laughs> and they're just like, oh my god! And Josh is just like, I could have fucked her and I never did. <laughs> When Greg is getting hit from behind, there's a shot from the front of him, and he's clearly got, like, a mouthful of blood, and he's just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here with this mouthful of blood. Oh, oh, I think he hit me. 
I'm gonna fucking spit it all over the window now. By the way, like, is everyone in this movie, like, overly hydrated? Because why is all their blood just this, like, thin, bright, bright red shit? Well, because the effects team just went to the fucking local grocery store and bought a bunch of Kool-Aid and said, hey, stick this in your mouth. When we say action, just spit. So... Bauhaus picks the lock and they get in there and uh, Devin's gone for whatever reason. Uh, those two are dead. Cut to morning and it's the next day and the cops come and they're being questioned. This scene cracks me up because they're all sitting there like on these steps. It's like so like early 2000s and, and fucking Mark Miller, he's over there with his goddamn recorder just standing like around the corner and no one even notices him for like five minutes while, while, while uh, Freedom gives a fucking Lord dump. Oh man, Bauhaus is dropping fucking knowledge bombs. He's just like, you know, I'm the leading authority on the bloody boy. Let me tell you a little backstory. So you actually killed him when I was a child. I like to make Halloween masks. Um, yeah, he's basically like, ah, yeah, well, he, his rich grandma took him in or whatever and gave money to the parents so that they could fucking get off on, on you know, spend a lot of money on a lawyer so they can get off the charges from killing the son or whatever. Here's here's a big giant logic hole, uh, you know, among the others. Um, in this backstory, if this information can just be looked up by this idiot then how come this entire town is like, it's the legend! It's like, no, motherfucker, it's, it's fucking public. It's, it's, you can look it up on the internet. Yeah, because this, like, this guy's like, oh, it's public records, yeah. I, I almost would, you know, and this is probably giving the movie too much credit, but I feel like it's one of those things like with Freddy where it's like, oh, everyone knows about it, but they just don't talk about it. This fucking town full of ninny hammers, like, he's real! Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> His grandma's in the hospital. Well, yeah, I, I, like we've been calling her grandma the whole time, but this is the first time that you actually get confirmation that it's his grandma and that she, apparently she's rich. And, you know, I, I guess Freedom's like, yeah, uh, yeah, she lives across the street. Like, and she's been there the whole time. And every other character is like totally shocked by this information. Like, wait, what? Someone's been living there this whole time? And he's like, yeah, it's public knowledge. Right. But like, if this woman is rich, why the fuck is she living in this shithole? With this guy. They say something along the lines of, like, she had a house in the city and she didn't want anything to do with these people because they're scum, so she kind of separated themselves from it, and she only showed up because she felt bad for for Devin and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they go into it a little bit more in about five minutes. Ugh, it's fucking so convoluted. So then, you know, they bump into Miller and and he's kind of like... You know, talking to them a little bit, like getting some more info. And then the principal and the police captain from earlier show up and and they start like walking towards them. And then randomly there's this weird crowd noise in the background, like someone like some fucking boom operator, like asking someone for a sandwich. Like, I don't know what the fuck this is. You could just hear you could just hear everything else besides what the actors are actually saying. And then, you know, then the principal comes up and they're like, you know, Miller, you know, you're talking to minors. You need to get out of here. And then he grabs his, you know, his coat collar and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he, he throws his hood on. He's like, ah, gotta go. He's like, fine, I'll go the next town over where you don't have any power. They're like, is that your penis sticking out of your pants? He's like, I'll see you later, teach. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go drive an ice cream truck. Bye. It's my part time job because I'm rich. Yeah, basically, you're rich and you're hanging out of high school and with a bunch of kids. Okay. Devin's in a fucking alley cleaning his murder weapon with a cloth he just finds on a bench. Oh, God. What is with this guy cleaning his fucking bat like four times in this movie? Gotta keep it clean. Just to get it dirty again. So, for whatever reason, I forget why exactly, but they go to the hospital and they find out that 
the grandmother is in the hospital. Right, because when they're talking to Miller, the the, the, the principal and the, the police captain come over and basically name drop Connie Singleton. Ah, uh, yeah, that was it. And, and uh, Freedom's like, oh, that's the grandma. She's in the hospital, and then that's why they go. Yeah, doesn't he say something like, I really am an expert on the bloody boy or whatever. Yeah, he's he's fucking patting himself on the back this whole movie. So they go to the hospital and um the three of them are there. They they ask the guy behind the counter, he's like he's like, "Oh, is uh is whatever here, grandma here?" And they're like, "Uh, y'all family?" And they're like, "Uh, yep." He's just like, "Okay, she's over there." They just so he so they just all walk in. He puts his headphones back on immediately. Yeah, so they all just walk in there and fucking Grams is chilling and the first thing out of this bitch's mouth is I knew you'd come. And I'm like, you don't know who these people are. Yeah, what are you, psychic now? Yeah, that's what I thought That's what I thought we were going, and I'm like, come on now. Stop it. Well, and, and then she's like, well, where's where's Devin? And they're like, yeah, about that. And she's like, he really is alive. And she's like, yeah, of course. I kept him in my fucking attic for eight, 10 years. Also public knowledge, you fucking boobs. <laughs> yeah, look into public records, duh. She's like, let me tell you the, the backstory of this boy. And then it's just a flashback for five minutes. Oh, my God. Let me tell you my dark tale of contradictions and meandering. <laughs> This woman is talking, is, like, describing all of this like she just took a fucking Xanax. By the way, like, this woman is laying down and has a very high-pitched voice like this, and she's conveying this entire backstory from a laying... She reminds me of both in look to a certain degree and the voice of the woman from Twin Peaks with the fucking drapes. I got the silent drapes! <laughs> Where are my drape runners? This woman's got to be hitting the sauce because she's just like, oh, 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 you want to know about Devin? Well, here's the story. Here it goes. Play clip. Yeah, yeah, and roll clip, Johnny. Uh, we see um, uh, her daughter and like her scumbag daughter, drug addict, and her husband, who's a real piece of shit too, and their kid, Devin. She's there, and she's uh, the grandmother's there, and they're they're trying to come to some arrangement where she's like, oh, we need the money, ma. We need the money for stuffs. And the mom's like, you need it for drugs. Let me take the boy. Yeah, they're like James Woods and Sharon Stone in Casino. That's all they give a shit about. Yeah, basically, yeah. I really like that impression for some reason. Give me the boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for the boy. So they're like, you can't have the kid. He's a little piece of shit or whatever. And she's like, oh, you're a bunch of monsters. And he's like, yeah, well... I'm a monster, and he's my boy, and you're his grandma, and you're a part of him, and he's a part of me, and I'm a part of him and and her, then you're a monster, too. But what I'm trying to explain to Masai's is that maybe monsters are born. Uh, I'm gonna kill you with this bat unless you give me the money, Grandma. Yeah, he's like like explaining this with this bat in his hand, like he's like... what are you gonna do with that? And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna beat you to death, lady." Yeah, he's just like, he's just like, either give us some money or we're gonna beat you to death. And she's like, "Uh." And mind you, Devin's sitting there playing with like a fucking toy. Yeah, she like makes a break for like a kitchen knife, and this dude slaps her upside the head with the bat. And then the daughter and the dude like start kicking her on the ground. So I'm like, "Wait a second, is she dead?" And I'm like, "Wait, is that the same woman? Are we talking about?" This is the darker timeline of like the hug a bunch family. They just beat grandma to death. <laughs> 
I just was like, what is happening? She's remembering her own death, but she's not dead. <laughs> I'm just picturing the end of uh, Casino with Joe Pesci getting hit with these fucking baseball bats. That's what happened to this poor woman. Yeah, the way that this fucking unfolds is Grandma's beaten seemingly to death. Obviously, she's not because she's telling the story, right? And then the next fucking thing that happens, the dad's like, ah, now what are we going to do with the kid? And he fucking cracks Devin in the fucking head and... The mom's like, oh, my God, is he dead? And they're, and sh- and he's just like, ah, oh, calm down. It'll be fine. They go outside, and Grandma's explaining that they buried Devin in the backyard. Yeah, what was she doing? Sitting there drinking a margarita watching them do it? <laughs> I don't know. She's supposed to be on the floor unconscious. She's like, if I play possum long enough, they'll just pass out from drug use. Yeah, like, what the fuck? And then she describes... Getting up and out of the house, how, I don't know. Like, the body's gone. They're not that fucking delirious. I mean, she's resilient, clearly, if she's gotten up from this other beating. Yeah, so she explains how she dug Devin out of the ground and he was still alive. Okay. And then she's like, and then I needed to get revenge. So I fucking killed them both with the same bat that they tried to kill me and Devin with. Here's an idea. Get a gun. How about take him to fucking court or something? <laughs> well, yeah, that that too. I like how everyone in this movie just goes with like the least rational solution to every problem possible. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, they got off because they're bad parents or whatever. So I killed them and I, I made Devin watch to know that to make sure that they were punished. And then I killed your dad because he was their attorney. And then Symphony's like, wait a second. What? You killed my dad? <laughs> And during this entire speech, uh, you know, she's like, oh, you killed my dad. You killed my dad. He's, he's like, oh, they weren't innocent because uh, that was the whole thing. Grandma was saying, you know, because, you know, earlier everyone's like, oh, she funded their uh, court appearance. And she's like, ah, you know, that's fake news. I didn't do that. Fake news. <laughs> Basically. But like her whole her backstory is full of holes. Why is there news footage from 1995 saying that these people like got off with murder if... Well, they got off with murder, but the town is under the impression that Granny fucking bankrolled them. But, like, she says she didn't, and then you're never really given an explanation of how they afforded this guy as the lawyer? Uh, Yeah, exactly. How does this incident even go down? The problem is she was mad at them for getting away from the courts with murder. Why is Devin in the living room? Mind you, Devin is alive. She has the boy. Why is she not going to the authorities? So this whole time that these motherfuckers were on trial, Grandma had Devin up in the attic. When is it established that she kills the fucking parents? Right, as she's telling the story. Okay, but when does it happen? I think it's implied, like, within a, you know, after they, they you know, they get off, and then, you know, they're back to their old ways of getting drunk all the time, and, and she just fucking pops in. She's like, oh, hello, yeah, yeah, you're drunk on the couch, all right, time to die. But again, if she just pops in, and the kids have Devin... Then why were they on trial for his murder? Well, no, they don't. They don't have Devin. She's got Devin back at like her mansion, and then after she kills them, they move in. No, no. What happens is they go on trial, which is fucking dumb, and they get off, which is fucking dumb. Then Grandma goes to their fucking house and then beats them to death with Devin. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she says just like they made him watch uh, them beat me to death, or what they thought was to death. I made. Him watch me beat them to death to be like, ah, see, justice was served. And they're just like, yeah, you're crazy. It's fucking stupid. And it's like, 
Okay, Grams, way to go. You just fucked them up even more. Man, you're even calling her Grams. This really is the hug a bunch. <laughs> Granny's fucking long, her long game was just to disorientate the public. She's like, Granny's got a master plan. And then the little Huggins told me from the mirror to go kill my fucking daughter and her husband. Uh, th- just the, <laughs> the idea of this kid being buried and then dug up by grandma is just blowing my mind. I'm sorry. It's so fucking stupid. I mean, he, he could hold his breath for a long time. I don't know. Also, how, like, what are they bury him like a goldfish like what was he six inches under the ground i mean i wouldn't be shocked these people look totally wasted the entire time they're in the movie so maybe they like dumped him in there and were like eh, it's good enough they toss him in the compost pile and they're like there we buried him then they're just like oh you killed her ah oh, we gotta stop Devin. bye and then they just leave her there yeah like why don't they call the cops like yeah this woman just agreed just, just admitted to three homicides yeah granny's like ah you'll never catch me ah <laughs> i'm crazy nobody knows that i'm you know what i mean yeah as soon as they left the room she pinched her fucking uh iv and she's dead now <laughs> she's like they'll never catch me alive granny bites her fucking cyanide capsule in her teeth oh God, she's fucking Hail Hydra, then she's out. Oh my God, this was the other experiment with Bucky. It was Devin. <laughs> That's where he's been the whole time. Yeah. He's a fucking Hydra sleeper agent? <laughs> well, I can't wait to see the, the iconic Captain America versus Devin. I understood that reference. <laughs> So from here we cut, and then it's daytime. Gr- gr- the grandma leaves them with being like, "He just wants to be loved. You're crazy. You don't let you." They don't- oh, I'm sorry. Real quick, um, this is where she lays it down for us that his motivation for killing people is when he sees couples. Uh, he wants to kill them because it reminds them of his parents because they were scumbags or whatever. Well, yeah, too. Plus, after they, you know, we forgot this detail when they uh, beat the grandma half to death. Uh, apparently they get super turned on and they just start like making out in front of this kid and like rubbing up on each other. Yeah, they're ready to fuck and then that's when they crack him in the head. Who's to say more about like Devin chooses to beat couples because they remind him of his parents who were especially specifically shitty people then Devin's Devin's like every couple is evil. He's totally fucked in the head like there's no doubt about that. And it's and it's you know it's in part to the events that took place but like it's also grandma's fault. Well, yeah, it clearly runs in the family. It's also extremely broad, and it's it's not a really believable motivation because that sounds so just illogical to compare it to Friday, the king. Like, Jason's motivation is very simple. He's just doing what his mommy is telling him to do because he loves her. Right. And just real quick, I just picked this piece out, and my memory just flashed. There are scenes of, like, a little child covered in blood with the baseball bat and Symphony seeing him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, but she doesn't actually see him because we see that whole exchange at the end. Yeah. Like, the full memory we see. So she never actually saw him... Covered in blood. She saw him on, like, a regular-ass day, like on fucking Tuesday. Well, no, that's two different things. Two different memories. Are you sure? 100%, man. You know what? You know what? Sure. Fine. 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 (laughs) It's peppered throughout the film of this this white picket fence and, and symphony... You actually you don't see that it's symphony like on the other side of the fence till like the end like that's like the big reveal which I there we go we gave it away you could lie to me about the rest of this movie and I wouldn't care <laughs> on the other side of the fence is young Devin and a baseball kind of like goes towards him and you know there's more to it later but it is definitely two different scenes um, the fact that I, I I paid enough attention to know that maybe says a lot about me. But uh, definitely two different scenes. Uh, you have more endurance than I do because I it's it's st- just completely checked out at this point. Yeah. Th- so it's daytime now. We cut to the the principal lady and her husband, and they're driving in a car. 
and they're they parked on the side of the road for something. Because she starts crying again out of the blue. No explanation. I'm assuming she's upset about what's going on at the school, but it's like, oh my god. It's stupid. So she pulls over, and then Devin fucking phantoms behind the car and starts, like, shaking it violently. Well, like, literally. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, dude sticks his head out the window, and he just, like, fucking decapitates him, but we don't see it. Fucking Miller shows up and just tells these kids, like, hey... I believe you now. Get in my truck. Hey, come on, Scoop. We got a a mystery to solve. And then, as if there was no previous conflict between this group of people, they're like, okay. And they get into his van. Yep. And he's like, hey, so what's wrong with Symphony? I think we need to take her to the hospital. And Josh is like, we just came from the hospital. And then it's it's awkward. And that's it. Like, (laughs) it's just awkward. This doesn't go anywhere at all. Because you're led to believe, like, oh, they're going to team up with a reporter and they're going to get the job done. Uh, and they roll up on the principal's car. She has also been uh, uh, bloodied off screen. Yeah, bludgeoned. Let me tell you something. This guy is fucking teleporting in and out of the fucking Black Lodge left and right in this scene. Well, he's he's popping in of like it's broad daylight in the middle of a highway with two massive fields on its left and right, and somehow nobody sees this dude. I mean, you, jo- you joke about John Hurt with the fabric of time, but. I feel like this guy is like a fucking plane walker or some shit. No, he has a fucking portal gun is what he has in his back pocket. I was just going to ba- I was just going to drop a spoiler from Ant-Man and Wasp. I guess it's not a spoiler. He he goes in the quantum realm? No, like he's fr- like he he was infected with like qu- quantum shit from like an explosion. <laughs> he's he's ghost. And he, yeah, he's ghost. He's like dematerializing like all the time. He's Devin's ghost. He's the Devin's ghost. So, uh they have this little moment where they're freaking out over the principal's death, and then Devin just like pops in from reality and just bludgeons uh freedom in like the back of the leg, I think. This pissed me off cuz he was like one of the only likable characters at this point. Bauhaus gets it to the fucking chest. And he's like on the ground, like, oh, avenge me. No, but in his head, he's thinking, I'm killed by the thing I love. This is great. Yeah. He's like, this is exactly how I planned my death to be. Like, it's a pretty fitting death, actually. And then Mark Miller just fucking just goes, ah. <laughs> he's like fucking Gennaro from Jurassic Park. He just runs in the opposite direction. He left us. He left us. And then Devin, um, just first of all, like, flings this fucking bladed bat at him which is down a small decline nearly into the woods and has pinpoint accuracy, and this thing lands square in the middle of Miller's back. He's 86, gone from the film. He's got ray powers, man. I was waiting for Miller to pull out his lucky hammer and deflect that thing. (laughs) Use his lucky camera, maybe. I don't know. Devin's got the powers of the fucking voodoo snakes on his side, man. You can't stop him. Oh, my God. Imagine that movie. Venom 2. Devin the bloody boy returns to a bloodier thing than before. Devin's Venom? That's what that that's the one with Spike Dudley. <laughs> Somehow Venom seems like a happier time after this movie. Uh so from there everybody dies except Symphony and Josh. But then like Devin just like walks away into the woods and like leaves them there. And then Josh and Symphony are like, come on, we gotta go stop this guy. It's morphin' time! <laughs> You could totally just like edit the fucking transformation scenes in this movie, and it wouldn't. It, it I wouldn't bat an eye if this movie like was secretly a Power Rangers movie, and then at the end of it, they both just morphed into like what is more or less like ambiguous. Uh, oh fuck! Uh, legally indistinct version of the Power Rangers, <laughs> <laughs> the Yower Gangers, <laughs> and they just beat on his. And they just beat his ass. The fucking Power Rangers themes kicks up, and they're just like fucking fighting each other. Oh god. Um. 
I mean, close. I mean, that almost happened. Sans outfits. Well, they might as well have because they run off and they're trying to find some place to hide, and they literally run into a fucking Power Rangers film set. It's like an old factory or some shit. Yeah, it is. It is totally somewhere where the VR troopers would fight the Skugs. Oh yeah, that's a deep cut. Somehow, during this all, uh, Symphony and Josh get split up, and Symphony's, like, in this dirty old basement, and Josh is just, like, meandering around in the woods, and then the cops fucking stumble upon him. I thought they were going into the same building. That's what I thought, but then he looks like he's fidgeting with, like, a bathroom door or some shit. I guess Symphony, like, walks in and, like, and like sees Devin, like, washing his fucking baseball bat in some dirty old sink. Like, what? She gets freaked out and grabs, like, a fucking broom, uh... You know, just the handle part, just separated from the broom. It's a pool cue. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she grabs this pool cue, and she's, like, walking around like she's going to beat someone over the head with it. Yeah, and then we cut back to Josh. Josh is being, like, accosted by these police officers, and, like, it doesn't go from zero to to 100. It goes from zero to a million, because they start, like, they try to, like, put a little bit of force on him. And instead of being a, a rational man, uh, Johnny just uh, flips his fucking wacko switch and goes, uh, like, full Tony Jaw on both these officers. Let me tell you something. If this guy survives the events of this movie, he's going in the slammer the rest of his fucking life. Pretty much. He engages in an extended fucking throwdown with two police officers. It's pretty awesome. I think this is my favorite part of the movie. I have not seen anything out of this kid outside of the fucking Power Rangers. I mean, he's a pretty prolific voice actor now. He's done a lot of voice work. He did he did Ichigo and Bleach. He did, he he did fucking Sailor V's Cat. Uh he's done a ton of shit. But as far as like this sort of physicality goes, uh he's very good at what he does. Extreme This was these were so well shot. Uh, and so well choreographed, like, this dude is pretty much an expert at, like, just a good fight scene, it seems. Yeah, well, that's why I was so upset, because I was like, this could be in a movie that I actually want to watch, and I'd be like, oh, this is great. 100%. Well, it's like all the good parts from the Power Rangers movie is pretty much all just the the hand-to-hand combat parts, and the same thing for this movie. Yeah. This movie gave me something I wasn't really expecting, which is as this ending drags on like josh beats up the cops and like goes inside i guess to help with symphony yeah because like the cops grab him because they're like hey guys listen to this it it says there's a killer over here and they're like oh guess you're the killer beats the shit out of him then they go then he goes into the warehouse she's going at it with devin and they're doing the whole karate thing and then he's like devin's like choking symphony and then he it finally dawns on him that she was the little girl that like asked him if he wanted to play when they were kids right 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 yeah and then he like lets her go and he's like oh you wanted to play with me or whatever and everybody else hated me except you well i was gonna say this goes back to connor's point from earlier there's like i don't i know some people look pretty similar to the when to what they look like when they were younger but i find that hard to believe that you met this girl like two or three times and you have an instant recognition if i ran into my best friend from kindergarten who i haven't seen since then as an adult i wouldn't even recognize him because it's been fucking 29 years or some shit like that i don't even fucking know there's no way they would recognize each other none at all i mean i i won't go so far as to say not at all but the the the, the speed at which he recognizes her is what i, I would uh, say is a little bizarre yeah agreed so is this when uh kung fu man shows up and we have another great fight sequence kung fu man <laughs> josh runs in and another extended fight sequence happens um and they tear this entire basement apart again another cool fight sequence yep it's really good that that introduces something to uh, like a, Mar- a power rangers fight i never thought i'd see 
which is dirt and blood. Yep, and it was cool, and like I, I'm fine with it. Um, and then fucking Devin ends up getting the upper hand, and he cracks him right in the stomach with uh, the bat. But he is a okay. Yeah, well, he's fine for a while, you know. Uh, and then Symphony comes in, and she's like, "Oh no, Devin, stop it or whatever." And then she picks him up, and they leave that the the warehouse. And now we're walking in the woods and he like brings it. She like brings him to a tree and like props him up. And then Devin comes fucking barreling up the path. Now here's what I was saying before. There's slow motion of Devin walking up this path and it's shot like correctly. Like they shot it at like 60 frames or whatever and then slowed it down and it looks fine. Why didn't they do that with the rest of the film? It's fucking stupid because bad filmmaking. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, so then, yeah, uh, he comes over and he's he's trying to he's about to try to kill um, Josh and uh, Symphony's like Symphony's like no, don't kill him, blah blah blah. She's like, I want to play. She's like, Jason, mother's talking to you, Jason. It's okay, you don't have to kill anymore. Put the bat down. You're my special boy. You're my special boy. I got a present for you. Come here. She almost talks him down, and then Josh is like, Oh fuck that. He fuck this motherfucker rips a tree branch off. Knocks this guy down and stabs him in the chest like seven times. I would dare to say it's more than seven times. Like he, if this is a a, a regular adult and he's not some kind of spooky supernatural being, um, he is deader than shit. Yeah, he's not a ghost. He's bleeding. But I have one more theory coming up. Josh is bleeding like a motherfucker. It's like they just stuck a whole steak under his shirt and just called it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks disgusting. So Josh stabs the shit out of him, and then like Devin like beats him off or whatever. Not like literally beats him off, just like punches him off. <laughs> now that's a movie I'd want to see. That'd be the second weird turn this movie takes. So uh, Josh like flips off a of Devin, and then Devin gets up, and he's like all like stunned or whatever because he's stabbed in the fucking chest like twenty times. Josh is like, "Grab the bat, grab the bat!" So she picks up the bat, and he's like, "Do it!" She fucking cracks this dude in the head with the fucking bat, and then all of a sudden, I mean, is this guy like a robot? Because all of a sudden, the f- it, it sounds like somebody's fast forwarding a tape and like rewinding it and like hitting slow mo, and it's like, and it's like, it's like, play with me, and I'm like, oh my god, is he a fucking android? Is that why he can't die? Play with me, uh, it, uh, reprogramming, uh, and then he stumbles backwards towards this little hillside, and Josh, I'm glad we've made all these pro wrestling references because Josh runs up and gives Devin a monstrous actual professional wrestling drop kick. Oh, he missile drop kicks him. Drop kicks the fuck out of this dude. And then he rolls down a, a very painful looking hill. And then bashes his head on a rock. Like, you're dead. And then the fucking cops roll up. Yeah, all two of them. They're, they're like, oh my god, are you kids okay? What's happening? And they're like, oh, the killer, man, he's down He's down at the bottom of the hill or whatever. And, and they're like, actually, we're here to uh, check the uh, bottom of your shoe for prints. So we have a bunch of cops down the street <laughs> that have uh, the shit beaten out of them. And he's just like, he's like, oh, the fucking killer's at the bottom of the hill. And they're like, okay. And then the other cop's like, I'll go check it out. And he pulls out his gun, he runs down there. And, uh, uh, spoiler, uh, Devin's gone. Well, and he's, he's gone because, uh, the next shot is, uh, him pulling off his gas mask and Jensen Eccles is like, <laughs> and then he escapes. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that's the end of a much better film. Yeah. <laughs> Creeping away. Or he's dressed like a cop. He puts his shades on and walks away. The cop's got his gun drawn and he's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know, ch- uh, chief. It looks like, uh, we missed it or whatever. There's nobody down here. And then, like, it cuts back to Symphony and Josh and the other cop. And 
the rest, the end of this film, the end of this film is off screen because you hear him like, oh my God, there he is. Hey, get away. Don't get, get away from me. And then like two gunshots and then it's just holding on fucking Josh and Symphony's face and we just cut to black. It it looks like someone just turned your TV off. Like, wait a second, where's this where's the last scene? I, I wonder if they just they, they filmed that scene for like B roll and then they're like, This doesn't have enough punch. Let's just get let's do some ADR, get someone in here. We need we need an extra couple of lines at the end here to like really get people's appetites wet. No, like the budget like ran out like exactly at that point and it, the film just shut off. Here's to elaborate, like this optimistic but foolish filmmaker is like for the sequel and then it just says two weeks later and you see his feet dangling above a fallen over chair (laughs) the director yeah sure i don't know (laughs) i hated this movie uh so fucking much it's miserable from start to finish and then you get to the end and it's it's so out of left field ridiculous it's not even enjoyable no uh you know this is just one of those flicks where you literally do not need to fucking uh pain yourself sitting through it like there is there's nothing to be gained from viewing this not at all i mean if you want to see some kind of cool fight scenes because you're feeling nostalgic about some power ranger shit go ahead they're on youtube so go for it but if you don't have any higher reason to watch this movie uh don't and i i I doubt it's ever going to come across you in your life because uh I mean, someone had to put it in front of me for me to know it was, you know, it was a thing. Yeah, I didn't know either, and uh, this was a hard one to dig up. Also, um, if if people are going to make requests in the future, I would appreciate it if you just kept our long term feeling <laughs> in mind, because whole like I understand that our suffering is part of the entertainment, but holy shit! Yeah, this was this was rough. Do you think I wronged you in some past life? <laughs> Did I cross you in some way that I wasn't aware of? If so, I'm really sorry. We're here for we're we're here to be punished for their enjoyment, so that's fine. I said earlier this this might be worse than House of the Dead, and I don't maybe it isn't, but it is if it's not worse, it is as bad. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it's right above it. I mean, they are touching, but they're it's right above it. So where are we putting this boy? Fucking in the garbage. I no. In a, in a goddamn incinerator. Go away. Get this movie away from me. This is definitely a dumpster movie. Uh, I, I'm not going to reiterate what Joe and Connor said. Uh, I, I don't think the movie is as bad as House of the Dead by a long shot, but I would never watch it twice. Um, you know, I'm going to take this movie, throw it in the air, and do a spinning roundhouse kick <laughs> into the fucking dumpster and see you later. Pour one out for the Green Ranger. <laughs> He's not even in this movie, but that's who I'm pouring it out for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get his goddamn Godzilla Zord to come out here and just fucking eye beam the damn dumpster after this movie. Johnny Bosch is totally fine in this. Uh, again, there's some really cool choreographed scenes, but they're not that cool to, to watch this fucking thing. There are so many ways you can spend your time besides watch this movie. You know, go take a walk. Go fucking build a birdhouse. Go go wash your hair. Yeah. Go pluck individual blades of grass. Go volunteer some time at a soup kitchen or something. This movie stinks. It's fucking garbage. It's definitely in the dumpster for me. I don't ever want to see this piece of shit again. Uh, not as bad as House of the Dead, but it's just it's just a big nothing. It's just bullshit. It's it's fucking it's trash. It is quintessential two thousands era slasher trite except somehow worst case scenario of that yeah it's it, i already said it's worse than venom it's easily worse than venom yeah venom seems like a joyride compared to this because at least venom had like y- you're you're watching people with money and resources and and 
enough talent to at least get the job done. Uh, this doesn't really have any of that. No. If you want to go kill two hours, go watch the shitty Power Ranger fucking episodes, and you'll get more out of that than this piece of shit. Or go watch the movie, which is pretty bad in itself. Yeah. But it's still better than this. I'd rather watch the fucking Power Rangers movie than watch this ever again. Ah, teenagers. Ah, Ivan Ooze. My God. His goatee was like a spike. Where's my autograph book? He looks like the brother of fucking Scorpius from Farscape, like the more fucked up version. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, their distant cousin is um, uh, Apocalypse from X-Men's Apocalypse. Yeah, the three of them go out for drinks at night and no one can tell them apart. (laughs) (laughs) He's my brother! I can't after that. Oh, my God. That's too much Raul Julia even for me. Where do you think they're all going? They're cruising around in the fucking, in the Corvette or the fucking space car. They're going to the Adams Family reunion is what you're telling me? Yeah. Cousin It's there. John Hurt hits a button on that fucking DeLorean and just like a bunch of extra seats open up and they're all just piling in like a goddamn clown car. Come on. We're all going to get an intergalactic goggle blaster. Even Apocalypse and Ivan, Ivan News are like, you're a very irresponsible man. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, and then uh, Daniel Baldwin pushes John Hurt out of the driver's seat and goes i'm driving now you're coming with me get in the car <laughs> wow the uh the the plot of our of our miniature franchise within this franchise is getting very complicated oh my goodness i love it when does thanos show up it's like a six hour epic it all ends like the end of flubber they're just flying in the air with a just married banner hanging behind them <laughs> Don't ask me to explain that. Who is going to go grab the proverbial Infinity Gauntlet by themselves and say, you know, fine, I'll do it myself? Jed from Uncle Sam, I guess. Uncle Sam, did you do it? Yeah, I did. At what cost? Uncle Sam saps his fucking fingers and he just goes, ah, nothing happened. And then he just gets, like, blown up by himself. He starts disappearing. He's like, ah, friendly fire! Friendly fire! So that's it. That's Devin's Ghost, The Legend of the Bloody Boy from 2005, directed by Johnny Young Bosch and Koichi Sakamoto. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. And I've been Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. I'm gonna tap that ass. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs>